Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All right, we're back for another episode of Processing Blue. Uh, we got my man Mike K. I love the Adidas. I'm a three stripes guy myself, uh, even though I have an Under Armour today. Um, where are you, Mike? Though that's that's the question. I think if I tell you, I'd have to kill you. It looks uh, like you're like deep undercover somewhere. I'm in I'm in the bowels of, of Bank of America Stadium, which you know, if you were going to make a joke, you could say the Panthers were the last time they were playing on that field. So. Uh, you know, uh, coming back from Newark, watched them play the Giants. We were the major media outlet there. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they have a great preseason finale, just a couple of feet from where I am right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, a little bit of shocking news. Uh, Marquand McCall was a starting nose tackle all preseason. Uh, started the first game and something happened with him this week. You want to tell the fans? Yeah, sure. He was kind of shockingly released on Monday morning. Uh, Frank Reich attributed it to an overall fit within the, the building, the, the scheme, pretty much everything. Um, which was curious because for three weeks they talked about how he was the prototypical nose tackle. He is a prototypical nose tackle, by the way. Yeah. And then they talked about, or Frank talked about his fit within like the group where there's been some young guys ascending. But what's funny about that is McCall has less playing experience than LeBron Ray or Raekwon Williams, the two guys that presumably are going to take his spot at nose tackle. Now, mm -hmm. Frank Reich said that there's more to this scheme than just the straight three, four. That is true. They're going to play a lot of even fronts. And so perhaps Marquand McCall didn't have the versatility that they wanted. Um, you know, maybe there was a behind the scenes thing. I don't want to speculate, but it does right. kind of seem weird to have this guy be propped up as a starter for all of your training camp the first preseason game, which he did struggle in, by the way. If you watch mm -hmm. the tape, he did not play particularly well against the Jets. Okay. And he basically gets benched. I had a flub on in the press conference where I said to Frank, you know, Marquand McCall was starting, and now I, I didn't even see him on the field. I guess I missed him while I was taking my notes. And he corrected me and said he did play, though. Um, which tells you, you know, lot, maybe I got him cut. Who knows? I mean, I just said I didn't even notice him. Um, it's all your fault, Mike. It's your fault. That's really what a nose tackle is supposed to do. And anyway, um, so, yeah, they cut him to make room for Troy Hill, who I know we'll talk about later in, in the show. But yeah. – when you watch that Giants game, Raekwon Williams was electric. He had a huge sack. He had two QB hits. He was kind of everywhere. And before the game, I said I thought he would have a much bigger role. Uh, had heard some rumblings. Turns out he played the whole first half and played very, very well. Speaking of the Giants game, Bryce Young didn't play a lot. They did have a touchdown drive, aided by a few penalties, but they did finally get in the red zone to finish. Um, has he played a, well, it was a touchdown drive to kick the field goal? Was he has he played enough? I know he's going to play Friday, but do you think he's played enough? And what do you want to see from him on Friday? 
he hasn't played enough. I mean, I, I never thought I'd be one of those guys who's like, play the starting quarterback in all three games, but here we are. And yeah. look, he's thrown the ball 12 times. Yeah. He did seven for 56 yards. He's like one scoring drive. I mean, I think you have to give him some momentum. I think the offensive line needs to continue to build its chemistry. I mean, it's been very clear that there are a lot of moving parts, as Frank Reich likes to say. And sometimes in order to get those moving parts to fall into order, you have to exercise them, right? And so, yeah. you know, Matt Corral constantly talks about needing reps. Well, guess what? Bryce Young needs reps too. Yeah. And because yeah. he's going to be playing quite a bit. And so I think it's the right decision to play on Friday. I think he can have a really nice outing against the Lions who are going to play somewhat similar of a scheme to what the Panthers have been practicing with. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're looking at this from a, from the standpoint of, Give him two series. He's going to receive two to three series every game. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can get some extended play, that'd be great. But, I mean, if you look at the numbers. You want to see a whole quarter? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think a quarter would be logical. I would give all four quarterbacks a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's the thing. You can say, look, you want to protect him. But you're not protecting him by not allowing him to build chemistry with his team in live reps. And so I think this is the right move. Um, he's taken hits very, very well. Can he? Is that sustainable? We'll see. That's not what we want to see, Mike. We don't want right. to see two hundred pound, five ten quarterback and taking hits. And you coming on telling me he's taking hits? That's a good thing. That's not a good thing. No, the good thing is that he's taking hits well and he's getting back up. The reality of the situation is, is he's going to get hit quite a bit during the season. This team was, in my opinion, overrated because they ran the ball so much. They weren't pass blocking a ton, and I think they've been exposed in that in that aspect. You were also without your, in my opinion, the best offense player on the entire team last year, Austin Corbett, their right guard. So right. they've got to figure this out. They've got to give Chandler Zavala, another rookie, more time to develop at right guard. He's played left guard basically his entire football career. Right. And so I think from now until the end of the preseason finale, we have a lot of questions and we probably won't get them all answered, but we should get some if he plays a lot on Friday. Here's the question. Is Corbett going to be on the pup list? Because you warned us that could happen. He worked on the field for the first time, like with just like general trainers and did some, a little bit more of a rev up mm-hmm. on Monday. He looked good, but I just, you, you know, an ACL injury is something that you really need to rev up to and build up yeah. to. It would not shock me if he started on the pup list, but he is also a special athlete. And if the Panthers feel like he can be back week two, week three, they won't, put him on the pup list and have him miss four games. Right. Um, okay, this happened during the Giants game. This is going to come out. It's going to almost be a week old. But the internet went nuts when Iki Aquanu missed his assignment and the Jets defender came around the corner and sacked Bryce. Uh, can you just give us a little explanation on what happened on that play? Yeah, so um, so it was a two-play sequence that was really uh, alarming. So on the first play, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, lined up to his left shoulder mm-hmm. and – it looked like Icky took inside leverage and Kayvon just blazed past him. Icky tried to, to kind of make up for the mistake, but he was too late. Mm-hmm. Got uh, Bryce nailed by uh, Thibodeau and yeah. a fellow 2000 or 2022 uh, first round pick. Yeah. Um, and then on the next play, I actually think was more concerning. Thibodeau beat him straight up and, uh, and um, got him whacked really, really hard. Bryce was able to get the ball out, but it was called back because of a, of a penalty by the offensive line uh, by Chandler Zavala. So, 
look, a lot of people were frustrated. I think that it was a very clear miscommunication that first play, and Frank Reich alluded to as much. Um, mm-hmm. What I liked is Iki Iguanu took full responsibility for it, mm-hmm. said that it was good that it was actually not a technical blunder. It's something that can easily be fixed. It was okay. a mental blunder. What happened was they made a line call and they had two line calls that sounded similar. And Iquanu thought he heard a different, the opposite. Uh, right, line right, call. Right, right. And look, that's going to happen in the heat of the battle. Frank Reich said it only happens every couple of years, but it, it's a good perspective to have in the preseason to know, Hey, these calls need to be changed. So there isn't further mistakes or something catastrophic where Bryce Young gets injured, which we are all concerned about. Right. Sure, so I, I think, you know, if you're looking for a silver lining, they got it out of the way here. Bryce got up and, you know, hopefully they can benefit from knowing that that was a kind of a blunder. Yeah. And well, you talked earlier about the run game. You said the Panthers were running the ball last year. They have not run it really effectively in the preseason. Is that a concern? Is this offensive line isn't able to push? Is Corbett that big a deal in that? What a segue that was. You brought up. I like a good callback joke, but I really like a good callback segue. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I think I think they really should run the ball more. I think they they struggled to run the ball against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was evident. Chuba Hubbard injured his ankle. Um, Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard have returned to practice despite both being injured. Miles Sanders has been dealing with a groin injury. We haven't been mm-hmm. able to see him during the preseason, but he took team reps on Monday. Um, I don't know if he'll play on Friday. But I'd like to see him out there. He's a guy who is very dynamic. He can he can beat you outside. He can beat you inside. Uh, he's shown very good hands during training camp, which has been a concern of his since he was in Philadelphia. Um, he kind of looks like rookie year Miles Sanders, who I covered. Wow. Well, he first came to the league in 2019. That's encouraging. So, yeah, that is encouraging. And I think if you're if you're another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hoping that like this groin injury is just basically a precautionary measure Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he plays Friday for a series or two and looks good. Awesome. I thought, I, I think he's had a pretty decent training camp. I think the running game would benefit from him being in there because he is so dynamic. An offensive lineman typically wants to run block. You talk to high school offensive linemen all the time. I'm sure they tell you that run yeah, blocking yeah. is, is yeah. kind of the lifeblood of the offensive line. Nicky Quan, who's a great run blocker. Bradley Bozeman's a great run blocker. Yeah. Um, Brady Christensen could be better, but he's fit in pretty well, and he did pretty well last year. I think Taylor Moten also run blocks relatively well. And Chandler Zavala, if you watch his film, is a pretty good run blocker. So I think if they can build chemistry and they can build up some momentum in the running game, I think it'll help Bryce Young out significantly. I think, you know, they're going to be watching the waiver wire for running back help, um, especially if they want to keep four. I think they really like Raheem Blackshear a lot. Chuba right. Hubbard had a strong training camp. Um, played well last year, too. I'm sorry? People played well last year in spots, too. Right, yeah. And Miles Sanders is obviously the starter, but I think they do need somebody who can kind of be that bigger back, that short yardage guy. Yeah. And if that's the case, they will be watching the waiver wire. Yeah. Pull back the curtain for me a little bit. I know we've seen vanilla, vanilla, vanilla from the Panthers all preseason. Do you think 
this team is going to be dramatically better than what we've seen when they're running everything they're going to run. They're going to turn Bryce loose with more of the playbook and not just tell them, you know, throw safe stuff. I don't know about dramatically better, but I think definitely better. I think, you know, when DJ Chark's playing five snaps and Adam Thielen's playing seven snaps, you're not really going to be very dynamic. Right. But I do think you will see a lot of deep patterns. It seems like he's been, Bryce Young's been coached to just take the short to intermediate route. Yeah. We haven't yeah. seen him really push the ball down the field since the offseason program. Yeah. And so I'm like waiting for that to happen. Um, and maybe that's something they want to hold on to. Maybe they want to hold down the route tree and, and not like reveal too much. But I think Bryce Young's a guy who would benefit from, you know, taking regular snaps, building mm-hmm. up momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, there's momentum runners, but there's also momentum passers. And yeah. I think he is a guy who, you know, has not been able to show off the special, so to speak, during this preseason. And I think, you know, I think there's a danger in like subverting the talent in the preseason, especially when you, these are live reps. But I also think there's an advantage because you don't really know what he can do in this system yet. And so maybe it's that they're preparing for week one. They do have some early divisional matchups and maybe they unleash him against the Falcons in week one. Um, I do think they will be much more vertical. I do think they will uh, take advantage of mismatches. I do think you'll see more of a rotation of wide receiver when Terrace Marshall's back in the lineup. Um, I think... Jonathan Mingo is a guy who needs to be more consistent, but the talent is clearly there. I think Adam Thielen is going to be the go-to target. Same with Hayden Hurst. And I think DJ Chark's really the one guy who's shown you what he is, and he can burn you downfield. He can line up at that X spot. Um, Yeah, he's a guy that I I think our partner Alex Zetlow is extremely excited about. And I, I, I say think, but I know because I hear about it all the time. So I think if they get the running game going, then they can work some more uh, the the play action fake game, which yeah. then leads to big plays down the field. I was excited about Terrence Marshall. Now he's out with a back injury. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he was having a great camp. It's a shame, but I think he'll be okay. In the okay. Long. Okay. Um, I love how you talk about releasing the special with Bryce Young. Uh, th- does it say the Panthers are happy, really happy with his practice reps that we've not seen more in the preseason? Does that, yeah. is there any truth to that? I think that's a really astute point. I think, you know, he has had a really good training camp, and we've talked about it several times. He does not make the same mistake twice very often. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the six picks he threw in team drills throughout training camp, I mean, he really only threw two that were very similar, and that seemed like a miscommunication between him and the wide receiver. So I think there's a lot of promise there. I think they really like where he's at mentally, um, you know, I was listening to uh, pro football talks like podcasts and Chris Sims mm-hmm. is like, I go to the gym and people are like, that's really the first overall pick. What's special about him? You know, I know he can line up the offense and he can read play, read the defense, but right. come on. Well, that is special for a rookie. There are a lot of rookies that fail to do that very well. Right. Um, and I think what's special about Bryce is he's put together mentally. We've talked about this. He's built where it counts. History is littered with six foot four quarterbacks who have been terrible, frankly. I mean, Chris Sims, not a very good quarterback himself. Um, So I I just think when you're looking at this entire puzzle, I think Bryce has really been the standout of the summer in a lot of ways because of how effortless it's been for him. I'm not saying he's putting up like shockingly great throws, but everything seems like it's easy for him or like it's not like a big deal. And I think 
having covered the league as long as I have, having been around football as long as you have, you know how rare that is. Yeah. Just be as casual. He's casual, right? Like right. he's casual. I mean, he's serious about the sport, but like right. everything about his body language is casual. It's almost effortless. The game's not running really fast for him. Right. He sees everything. And what I, I loved about him on film is that he always keeps his eyes downfield. It, it doesn't matter if 10 guys who are 300 pounds are barreling in on him. He will, I mean, that's impossible unless you've got 300 pound corners. But, like, you get what I'm saying. Like, he, I know what you say. He is a guy who, when the, the like, bombs are going off all around him, he can keep his cool and slow it down and say, look, this is the target. And I think that that's really special for a rookie. Absolutely. Um, one of the areas that Panther fans are always concerned about defensive back. We saw Dante Jackson go down with another ankle injury, but the Panthers are bringing some help this week. Tell us what happened. Yeah, they brought in Troy Hill. He's a veteran who's kind of a journeyman. He's He had two stints with the Rams where he separately worked with Ijiro Evero, the defensive coordinator, who was his DB coach, and Jonathan Cooley, who was the cornerback's coach, his last stint with the Rams. He's an older guy. Um, I feel like he's representing for the folks in the 30s. <laughs> um, I believe he's 31. Um, he's a guy who's got some versatility. He can play outside. He can play inside. They really only had one nickel corner that they were really using regularly, and that was Jeremy Chin, and he's not a natural nickel corner. He is right. a big nickel. He's the third safety when they go to three safety looks. Hill is more of a natural guy. Uh, he started his career as an outside corner, as kind of like a like the old school smaller corner. Uh, on, on the boundary. Now he's more of a, a, a slot guy. I think that that's beneficial because you don't want to move around JC Horn too much right. because he's going to face more major outside matchups than he is inside matchups. Right. I think Dante Jackson, you know, he suffered an ankle injury. You know that he is, he's coming back from Achilles. You don't want to push him too hard. Right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. CJ Henderson's really not a nickel corner. He can play there, but... You know, he's going to be your main backup at Nick or on the outside. Right, right, right. Which is good. That's a good problem to have, right? Okay. Like, because he is a starting, even if he's a low end starting caliber player, he's still starting. Starting caliber player, right. Uh, and then, so you have, you can mix around Hill, who's got experience in the system and the scheme and with the coaches, uh, who can rotate with uh, Jeremy Chin. There's also Stanley Thomas Oliver, who's got an injury, but he's a guy that they really like on special teams. It would not shock me if they kept 11 defensive backs. Like right now I have them keeping 27 defensive players and 23 offensive players just because of the injuries and the situations that they've got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think if you're looking at this from a, from a, a defensive standpoint, they just want to have as much insurance as possible. This this coaching staff seems, especially on the defensive side, seems to really pine for veterans. Mm. Uh, it's not a developmental thing. And I think from the standpoint of Idro Evero, who's going to be considered the top head coaching candidate probably in the next couple of years, yeah. developing is probably not a long-term thing for him. And so I think this defense kind of has to grow quickly. And the way you do that is with Justin Houston, with Troy Hill, with, you know, 
um, guys of that 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 stature and that experience. I don't think this fan base has much appetite for growing and developing. I think they want right now just as much as the coaching staff does. Um, three things, Mike, you think Panther fans should watch out for in this last dress rehearsal coming up on Friday. Yeah, let's talk about it. So, obviously, Raekwon Williams at nose tackle. Can he follow up his great performance against the Giants? Mm-hmm. Can he prove that it was worth letting go of Marquand McCall for whatever reason? Yeah. Um, I think the running game is something that needs to be fixed. Uh, Spencer Brown's a guy who I've had my eye on. Uh, the previous staff loved him. Um, he kind of bounced on and off the practice squad the first two years in the league. He's a guy who's going to get a lot of opportunity in this game. Can he be one of those guys that changes his, his fortunes? Frank Reich the other day said the message of the McCall release is that, you know, one preseason game can change everything. And so yeah. I think um, Brown's got a really good opportunity here. Uh, if they keep a fourth running back, he is the closest to the the short yardage running back style and prototype that, that mm-hmm. we want there. And then I would say, look, wide receiver is like a really interesting situation because as we alluded to earlier, Terrace Marshall's injured. Uh, mm-hmm. Demari Bird is on IR. Shai Smith. Yeah, Shai Smith. I, I, I apparently get a lot of heat for saying like Shai – I mean – the Panthers actively went out and tried to replace him. They they signed four guys. I mean, they signed and or drafted four guys who could realistically play in the slot, can do other things. They've got Raheem Blackshear returning basically everything. LaVisca yep. should in return. Yep. Are they going to keep a six-wide receiver? And the two guys – well, the three guys that are really up for that are Javon Wimps, who's played pretty well on special teams. He's been targeted pretty regularly in the first two preseason games in the second half. Shai Smith, the incumbent. Um, mm-hmm. who has made some big plays. He got a shout-out from Frank Reich the other day. And then sure. there's Derek Derek Wright, who is coming off a knee injury. He missed the game against the Giants, but had a great game against the Jets in the second half. Mm-hmm. He's fighting, you know, to, uh, to show that he deserves to be around. All these guys are going to have to have really good special teams reps, and they're also going to have to deliver. Because here's the thing. Not only are they competing against each other for this six wide receiver spot, they're competing against the waiver wire. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. You know, countless times we've seen the initial 53 comes out, Chai Smith's on there, and then they claim a guy off waivers who's six foot six and yeah. can be a red zone threat. And so Shai Smith hits the waiver wire himself and late. So I, I think you've got to really plant your flag if you're one of these three wide receivers and earn this job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to see Friday, Mike, is a little more verticality with the offense. Can they take Bryce? Maybe one maybe one attempt to take the top off of it. Just I know they don't want to show much, but I think, you know, Panther fans and myself as a reporter would love to see that. My favorite part of the show now, Mike, you know what time it is. It's time for K's takes. Let's, let's talk about Matt Corral, okay? Because we already got to wide receiver. I was going to use wide receiver for my K's takes, but I, I, I gave it to you a little early. Matt Corral is a guy who I think – progressed last week against the Giants. You know, there is the QB3 rule where you can keep an emergency quarterback if he's on your 53-man roster. So that means if Bryce Young goes down and Andy Dalton goes down in the first half, you can bring in Matt Corral in the second half and he can play a game. You don't have to deal with what the 49ers dealt with in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, there is precedent for cutting third-round quarterbacks when there's a new staff in place. It happened with Kellen Mund last year. The Vikings drafted him in the third round. He spent a year not doing anything. Then uh, a new staff came in. He was cut at final cuts, got claimed by the Browns. Now he's now he's somewhat in trouble with the Browns, supposedly. 
So there's there's precedent there. Ian Book was a fourth round pick. Same thing happened to him with the Saints. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral's got to prove it, and I think he's starting to turn a corner. I mean, he's a guy who I think is destined to be a long-term backup in the league. Well, that being Carolina, he needs to prove that he can be that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this, Mike. I have bad memories of San Francisco in a championship game with Christian McCaffrey, former Panther, playing quarterback because they had injuries. And we have a small quarterback and older backup. Just saying. Uh, you know, if I'm Coach Wright, just saying. Yeah, you got to make sure you have all three in place, and you can't. There's no scholarship anymore, so <laughs> really gotta, he's got to prove himself. I, I appreciated his attitude and his accountability when he struggled. I appreciated his transparency when he said, "Look, hey, honestly, last week was kind of crazy. You know, he yeah. hadn't played in like 357 days, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what he can do against the Lions." Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've come to the end of Processing Blue, another episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you check us out on it where you download your podcast. If you're on YouTube, like, share, and subscribe. And we'll be back next week as we get closer and closer, Mike, to the regular season. Awesome.